Hi, welcome to Sweetman Podcast. I'm your host, I'm Simon Sweetman, and uh, this is a chat with a woman called Bronwyn Toure. She is an actor, she's a musician as well, actually, but um, I guess she's best known these days uh, for her acting. Now, um, I've admired Bronwyn's work in a bunch of shows in Circa Theatre over the last couple of years. She's actually based mostly in Auckland, though... uh, as we talk about, the last couple of years have brought her down to Wellington more and more. When I caught up with her to talk, I approached her, I wanted to talk to her um, about all things theatre and what she does. She was in a preview version of um, Rants in the Dark, which is the play based on Emily Wright's book. You'll know Emily Wright's if you listen to the podcast. She's a friend of the podcast and has been on it three times. Um, there is a return season in January of Rants in the Dark and Brom will be in that as far as I'm aware. Uh, she's also going to be in um, the upcoming Shortland Street, the musical. So those are the things on the horizon for her. Um, she's done a lot of a lot of work over the last few years, as as you'll hear in this podcast. And I guess an early kind of claim to fame for her is that she was she played. Uh, you might know her as Cody from the popular TV show Go Girls. So we talked about all these things: how she got into acting, um, why she's pursuing it, what what she gets out of it, what she does, and uh, as I so there's a bit of music chat in there as well. Um, I just wanted to mention a reminder that if you want to, I mean, you're already listening to this podcast, obviously, if you're hearing these words, but if you want to check it out it's in another form, it's now on um, another platform, it's now on Spotify and uh, Stitcher and some of those other podcatchers of choice. So if you've been accessing this through the SoundCloud or through my website, if you want to check it out and search on Spotify, you can do that. Um, my thanks to the sponsors as always and uh, my thanks to Bronwyn Toure it was really I'd never met her we'd had a couple of conversations online and as I say I'd seen quite a bit of her work and I wanted to meet her and have a chat with her so this is us talking one day in the um, in the Circa main theatre actually when there wasn't a production on I hope you enjoyed this correct me if I'm wrong here but you're kind of um you're interesting in that you you seem very much part of the Circa family now, and for a bit, and yet you don't live in Wellington. Yeah, no, I've been I've been adopted by yeah. them, and it's it's actually been it was sort of kind of an accident. Well, not an accident. Everything happens for a reason. But mm. um, so Lindy Jane actually was the the kind of main reason why I ended up here. Um, two years ago, we did a show called La Casa Azul, um, inspired by the writings of Frida Kahlo, mm. and. Um, yeah, and she, she got me to audition. I sent in, like, a couple of audition tapes, and um, Carly Corpai was already cast as um, Frida, and I was going for all the, the other roles. Mm. And it was basically sort of... I did about four, four or so auditions for that um, over um, screen, screen tape test sort of stuff. And, yeah, Aljo was amazing, and we... It was my first time working here in the building, and then... Just it kind of um, grew, I guess. The, mm. the next thing and the next thing mm. sort of naturally came out of that. Just just because it is such a family here. Uh, yeah, and I mean, I know you you've you've done other work before that. We'll get into that. You, you've you, you know you've done other work, but yeah, Circa does have this kind of hold over people. I think both its audience and its actors. Mm. You know, so I guess I guess there are for an actor there are lots of stages that become like that. Um, yeah. Special places that you and, and and venues that you want to work and and peep teams, you know, people that you want to work with, if it's um, yeah. TV or film or whatever. This, you know, but I, I know. I mean, I've been coming to Circa for over twenty years, and so I feel connected to it yeah. Yeah, more yeah. so than I do to any other you know theatre place in the country. And I know it has a, a much longer history than that, and it still has 
you know, many of its original, you know, its founding players. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. deeply involved in it. Um, so, we'll, what, you know, we'll talk, we'll talk more about that. I was going to say, I mean, I've seen you in a bunch of things here over the last couple of years, and uh, this, would, this is what I'm going to say is common, I guess, for your profession. It's your job, but I've seen you do uh, very, very serious dramas. I've seen you do, mm. like... Um, sort of slapsticky yeah. comedy, uh, children's theatre, pant- the pantos. Fam- the, the pantos. Yeah. I've seen you in singing roles, non-singing roles. Um, I've seen you play different um, genders, different, <laughs> different, uh, obviously different personality types, different species. Um, yeah, different, different, <laughs> different um, nationalities, accents. All of the stuff's is what a person does as an actor, but I've seen you in, in, in I guess, in more supporting mm. roles and then in more lead roles. Um, is it your aim to, you know, is that what you want to do, just grab everything and take everything on, or, you know, uh, is it, and, yeah. and is it just a, a necessity as well? Is it a working reality? Bit of column A and bit of yeah. column B, definitely. Yeah. Um, I think for, for me, I have been sort of... Um, non-discriminating in the roles that I've taken because I just love working. I love I love creating, I love performing, yeah. I love telling stories. And, and it's heaps better than not working. Yeah. <laughs> As well, God, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, you know, it's like otherwise you could just be sitting at home, you know, um, wishing that you were out, you know, pretending to be a cow, yeah. you know? And I, I absolutely love doing all of that sort of yeah, character yeah, stuff. Yeah. And, you know, there's no, there's no work that isn't worthy. Mm. Um, and as long as you're having fun and creating with people, um, like, you know, I, I could I, mm. I'd be happy doing anything. Mm. Um, so, yeah, part of that is just wanting to, to stay working and keep, keep that muscle going. And, and it also is a necessity because, you know, we, we're, there's so... The, the work is sort of few and far between yeah. unless you're prepared to just keep hustling. You don't earn the right for a long, long time, I imagine, in New Zealand... Or, or anywhere to, um, you know, just define yourself as a specialist of, mm, you know, yeah. with, within, you know, say acting and decide, well, I won't be touching those roles because <laughs> yeah. I'm a bit above that. Um, let's, well, do you, um, I mean, do you find, have you found, like, any of it to be a particular stretch and then go, wow, actually, I'm quite good at this? Like, do you, do, I mean, like, say, a, a purely um, physical or comedic role versus a more, uh, you know, classic dramatic role? Was there, a, was there a thing you thought you were good at and trying to do first and you've managed to, to extend beyond that? Or, or um, I think originally I started... Or something that comes more naturally, you know? Like, yeah, um, I think... I don't. I don't think I'm particularly funny, per se. Like that's something that I really like to work on. Um, I think I kind of come across a bit too desperate when I'm trying to be funny. But um, but but <laughs> who doesn't? <laughs> but no one laughs. Um, but it's, I think it's more of a. I really enjoy playing character comedy mm, mm. rather than. Um, serious me trying to be. I tried. Oh my god! I did. I did stand up once. And I would I I take my hat off to people who do stand up because I just yeah I was shaking. Now, did you do stand up in the context of this will be good for my acting? 
or, mm. or you know, like as a, as a kind of student of acting, because I know that's been, you know, that's suggested of that can be a thing that people do. I just hadn't, I hadn't done any um, th- a theatre acting in a while, and um, I was stuck in a bit of a rut. It was back in Auckland a few years back, and um, my friend Taran Mumbai, the comedian, mm. he. Um, he and I were chatting over coffee one day and he was just like, let's just do Raw. Should we, you yeah. can just come, we'll, we'll do the comedy festival Raw and we'll go and we'll enter the duos and we'll just do that. And I was like, at the time, high on caffeine. And I was like, <laughs> yeah, that's a great idea. Let's do it. I want to yeah. do something funny. And then we spent ages kind of like back and forth writing this stuff. And in the end, we, oh, it was so, I'm sure it was fine. Yeah, but yeah. in my but brain, I was so nervous. I was, I was, I don't usually shake when I do stuff because I'm, I'm telling other people's stories. And, yeah, yeah. But having to do your own stuff, oh my God. And it's amazing that because the number of comedians over the years who have gone on to some form of acting and then been given grief for how rubbish they are at acting. I think Jerry Seinfeld is a classic mm. example, you know, where he didn't need to act because he was himself and that's... But it's interesting to hear that the reverse of that, someone who had trained, you know, been under lights, been on the stage, been filmed, but then it's... Packing my decks. Such a different... So, so in theory, exactly, so in theory you should at least have a, a, a confidence and an expectation of how you might feel no. under the spotlight. But, it's, but it really is a completely different spotlight, it's right? Such it's a, it's it, such a different it's, beast. Yeah. And you've got it to know... It requires different skills. Yeah, and yeah. you've got to know how to form um, a really succinct... Um, comedic, you know, the, the idea, the the, mm, mm. the introduction, the, the setup, and then yeah. the payoff in such a such an eloquent and witty way. And it, I was an just an efficient like, way. Yeah. yeah. And I nah, nah, <laughs> never right. again. Well, let's 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 go all the way back. So, because I mean, I know I I know very little about you, and that's why I wanted to meet you and interview you because I've watched you your work, and I know you've done a lot of stuff. So mm. let's go let's go all the way back. Where'd you grow up? And I guess. Um, and your, you know, how I know you, I know you sort of went on the stage pretty early, but mm. then you know how early is early? There are actors that go on the stage at three months old yeah. and don't know it, and <laughs> then you know become famous child actors and then carry on. Yeah. Um, so when what was happening in your life early on, and when did you kind of connect with acting, if or or singing or music or whatever it was first that grabbed you? Yeah. So I grew up in Gisborne. Um, and uh, I grew up in a, in a well, my dad really and my mum really loved music and they played it all the time but dad actually played guitar and sort of lots of my whanau sing and play mm. guitar and so we always had music and um, that was sort of that performance side of it uh, really interested me and I had a band through high school but I really enjoyed, I don't know, it was one day I looked, saw an ad in the paper when I was about nine for auditions for the Oliver Twist for the local operatic mm. society and asked mum if I could go along and I learnt feeling groovy a cappella because I was learning that on the guitar at the time and <laughs> went in and sang feeling groovy <laughs> only nine year old that sang <laughs> feeling groovy um, and yeah and I was the only girl in the workhouse boy cast and I ended up I had already cut my hair really short so I already looked like a boy anyway and I just kind of, I got, I was hooked from that point. And then I did lots of local stuff all through um, intermediate and high school, as well mm. as doing plays at high school. And I had the most amazing, like I wouldn't be doing what I'm doing now without um, Gary File, who was my um, drama teacher all through high school. And just a brilliant, 
brilliant soul, mm. just, just above and beyond, and so invested in you know just the art, the art of things, and and the generosity that that, mm. that acting can create within yourself, within your personality, within your life, um, and just being able to relate all the, the elements back in to you know. Um, I don't know, just kind of growing you as a person mm, as mm. well. Um, but yeah, he, he was just awesome and I absolutely adore him and uh, yeah, I wouldn't be doing what I'm doing now without any of what he gave us and he went above and beyond so much, so much. Um, and there's a bunch of us girls that actually went, um, came up under him at Gisborne Girls High and are out in the industry now doing stuff. So. Right, right. So one of those, <coughs> one of those teachers, teacher yeah. types that just... Um, has that effect. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he only just retired like a couple of years ago, I think, and um, a whole whole bunch of us like wrote little things to send him. Um, His daughters got, um, all of us reached Mm. out to us and Mm. we all sent stuff and they made a book of all of the students' lives that he's touched and just having us kind of mention something back to him. Yeah, nice. Yeah, I I don't think he really knew the impact that he had. Yeah, yeah, yeah. but yeah, so I did lots of that stuff. I did the Sheila and Shakespeare and we came to Wellington. That was my first taste of Wellington and I absolutely fell in love with Wellington when I got here. Because Gisborne, tiny mm. little community on the edge of the beach, on at the edge of the world, and then yeah, all of a sudden yeah. Wellington was like yeah. bright lights, big city. <laughs> we went to One Red Dog and it was the most fancy restaurant I'd ever been to. Yeah. Um, and yeah, and we stayed at the Backpackers that was like in the red light district of Vivian, just off yeah. Vivian's, no, was it Vivian? Yeah, 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 it was yeah, like a, yeah. There was, yeah, there was a naughty place, like <laughs> Bordello or something, I don't know, and we were right, staying at the Backpackers right there. It's really flash now, Yeah, all of that area. It's, yeah, it's funny, that's, I've got a similar experience to coming down here on a sports trip and that, and, and that was, the, you know, one of those talked about areas that... Yeah. <laughs> It really doesn't exist in that way at all now, but no, no, know. it doesn't. But that's that was <laughs> yeah. my one of my first memories of yeah. Wellington. Yeah. Um, and then we um, we I ended up getting selected for the um, the trip overseas to um, the, with the Young Shakespeare Company, and that was the, I mean I went Gisborne to Auckland to study at UniTech for only for six months, and then went to London. Mm. I'd, I'd never been overseas before, so it was like. Huge culture shock and really mm. amazing. And I cried as soon as I walked into the Globe Theatre. I just burst into tears. It was just the whole kind of the gravity of knowing that mm. you know my family and friends had helped fundraise and God, they raffled off sheep and there was you know like sausage sizzles on the weekends and um, you know raffles. It was and just amazing. That it's almost like at that point you couldn't believe that the nine-year-old that. Yeah, learnt groovy kind of love was going to get there, <laughs> and then I, maybe in a way it made sense as well. You yeah, know, it was kind of like, well, this is the ultimate goal for someone that's started there and continued on. That's the yeah, you know, you kind of as as much as you say, never could have predicted that. That kind of is the goal in a way. You know, yeah, something like that. You and know? It just, like, yeah, just yeah. kind of you know the thing, the, the path sort of tends to reveal itself as you're going. Yeah, but um. Yeah, because I, I was waiting to hear back, well, basically waiting by the letterbox to hear back from whether I got into Unitech, um, uh, the Performing Stage and Screen Arts course, at the same time as I was waiting to hear mm. if I'd gotten selected to go to the Globe. So I was just a, a wreck, just checking the letterbox each day. It's, so, I mean, it sort of sounds like 
from fairly early on, there wasn't really uh, much of another choice for you. No, no, you were, at all. You, were, you, you, <laughs> you got right in there and were like, this is what it's going to be. Well, I thought, all through high school, I thought, OK, these are just the band that I was doing, yep. which we recorded an EP at, at our school as well. Um, I was like, the band's just a hobby. It's just what I'm doing at school. And the, the acting's just a hobby. And I'll go to, I got, I'll go to Waikato Uni and I'll study... Um, a, a BA in English or something. I don't know. Like mm, I had mm. no real idea of what else I would do. And then once I hit seventh form, I was like, mm, I can't do anything else. There's nothing else in the world that I want to do but acting. And then I sort of had to come to terms with the realisation of, oh, yeah, so you're never going to have money. You're never going to own a house. <laughs> and you're pretty much not going to have a life. Are we okay with this? Yes, we're okay with this. All right, let's go. <laughs> But yeah, once once the ball was rolling, and once yeah. you know, like yeah. um, the acceptance for both things were in in the mix, I was like, right, okay, cool, let's strap in. I feel like there are uh, many different answers for this, um, and not just person to person. But when did you get any sense that you were okay at this? You were good at this. Because when I say many different answers, I, I imagine it can be almost, still it can be a night-to-night thing. Like you walk off <laughs> after a show and go, fuck, am I any good at this? Or you maybe you read a review or you, someone tells you or what it, or people don't turn up or whatever it is. There, there are those sorts of things. And, and maybe you can console yourself and say, well, I did a good job or we all did a good job. It's just for whatever reason this doesn't work. But when, in a, in a, in a very naive sense, do you go, you know, I'm actually, you know... You hit the nail on the head. It's totally night-to-night, moment-to-moment, production-production. Because for me, sometimes I think, okay, no, I've really... I've locked in tonight. I found that groove. I, you know, um, hit the points that I needed to. And then there's somewhere you just go, I've been been behind the eight ball Mm. all night or all performance, or you just... You mess up one thing, and then for the rest of the performance, you're you're playing catch-up with yourself. Mm. And... Um, as soon as you're not in it, you kind of feel like you've cheated everyone, even though you know that your level of performance is always going to be something worth watching. Mm. Mm. You go into this internal battle and your mind just going, oh, piece of shit. Oh, God, I should just give their money back. Oh, my God, nobody's <laughs> ever going to come and see me do stuff again. And then the next night you have an amazing show and you're just like, yeah, yeah, I made the right choice for my yeah, life. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that everything is right with the world. Is, is it a constant... Um Concern though that the the downside of it, the the depression, if you like, mm. um, can really kick in. Oh yeah, God yeah, and that again is it's it's kind of it's you put yourself in in hard situations constantly with this because you are putting yourself in other people's headspaces mm. in in some really harrowing things or some really light-hearted stuff and maybe you're going through the opposite. Yeah, yeah, and that's right. <laughs> a lot of people sort of ask, I think, this. I get this question a lot because over the last wee while I've, I've been going through a lot of really hard stuff um, and people do ask me, oh, you know, do you, you use the show when you cry in this part? Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. as you know, as therapy or whatever. And I, I sort of say, well, it's not me. So I don't, it's not me crying I'm not working out any of my issues I'm telling that character's story yeah. and whatever they're going through because otherwise you're not you're not even in it if so you're when you put the makeup on when you put the the outfit on yeah. the, the the costume yeah um the clothes 
um, because they can be either outrageous or just what a person would wear, mm. you are actually putting on the character yeah. for, for the night or for the matinee or whatever it is for the duration. Yeah, absolutely. And you're stepping into it each time. Yeah. And you can, you know, you bring, I guess you bring off yourself your, um, your talent and technique rather than your experiences. Yeah. In a sense. Yeah. Is that how you... Is that what you mean? Yeah, absolutely. Because you, you, I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't um, speak to any anyone else's process. But yeah. for me, it's I'm telling their story, and that's that's my job mm. for for that two hours or whatever. And the prep time beforehand, you sort of just go, well, you know, you've you've got your day, but you you leave that yeah at the door, and you've got your mates and stuff, and you have a great time with your friends, and if you've got stuff that you need to unpack later for yourself then you do it later for yourself mm. but you know mm. you're you know not to put it like too bluntly but in my mind that's you know you've got a job to do mm. and this is you know people people come to be taken away from their own mm. trials and tribulations of the day and you know they come to theatre to have an experience and I just want I want people to leave feeling moved or changed in some way because of the story that we told mm. Mm. So, well, let's go back to these the sort of formative performances, experiences, steps. So, so we've got the the very first performance, and then we've got to um, going overseas, yep. being at the Globe Theatre, yep. and going, you know, basically having a uh, almost a cliched. Oh God, I was I was such a cliche. Yeah. Yeah. I was the most disgusting <laughs> cliche in the world. <laughs> You know, like 19-year-old walking into the Globe and just like, oh, my God, I'm here. I've arrived. I hate it. I hate myself now that I think about it. But I wasn't the only one, so it was fine. It was a whole bunch of us just bawling yeah. our eyes out. Yeah. And so what, what, what comes of that? What do you... What, what beyond that initial, um, you know, cliche, as you said, response, what, what comes from that trip and what do you, what, what do you bring back with you? What do you experience over there? What what sticks with you? Yeah, I think it was just the idea that the world wasn't that scary, because because I'd been in such a small yeah um, small space in terms of growing up in a small community, and then moving to Auckland and being terrified of Auckland. Actually, I didn't get <laughs> I didn't take any of the buses for the first like six months because I was terrified that I was going to get on a bus and end up in the <laughs> middle of nowhere and not yeah. know how to get home. Yeah. Um, but I was living on the campus, so that was really handy. I didn't have to necessarily go anywhere. But even then, I didn't really explore much of Auckland, and it just seemed so big to me. And then going all the way over to London, and I just kind of realised that it wasn't that big, it yeah. wasn't that scary. Yeah. Um, also, then we did we did stuff with tutors over there, and it, it was next level. It was so amazing to just have some great pearls of wisdom um, and watch other actors, ones that were at the Globe Theatre, do these phenomenal performances and they were so nuanced even though on that huge stage you know you've got to fill that space and yet they were able to bring such like light brush strokes to really mm. gigantic characters and that for me was a real revelation of figuring out that you know there's so much more you can 
have levels mm. Mm. rather than just ham fisting stuff. Because <laughs> like, yeah, now I look back and I think I kind of just, it was, I was always ripped shit and bust and came at everything with like all of this energy and all yeah, of this emotion yeah, yeah. and l- little focus. And sort of being able to see people just hone really tiny details. And you go, oh, I want to do that. I feel <laughs> like I was just throwing a bucket of paint at a wall and being like, look, I made a picture. Yeah, yeah. I, I imagine, I mean, you know, I, I have no understanding of what it takes to, to, to be an actor. I, I watch performances, I watch, you know, I consume media, but I've never done acting and I never would. So I, I've, I've never been in that spot and I imagine I would be, my experience if I was thrust into it would be like you described, your stand-up <laughs> comedy experience, you know, I would not. I would not take to it. So, but I imagine the the urge to to do what you sort of just described then must be pretty standard early on to basically set gusto to one hundred percent and just yeah. run at it. Full like, noise because all day. Yeah, because <laughs> um, for many reasons, including that you are you're almost you know hiding inside that 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 sort of bubble of adrenaline that you've mm. that, that's your shield. Yeah, and so if 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 None of it sticks. You've got your answer as to why. Well, it's because I yeah. I ran at it so hard, and if it does stick, that's why. Yeah, <laughs> and if it does stick, you can say, well, yeah, I put so much into it that yeah. of course this. So yeah, that that learning to stand back and be, you know, I guess aware of how you need to, you know, they say acting is reacting and all that yeah. sort of thing. Like to to be aware of your part, whether large or small, in, in a perf- single performance yeah. and everyone else around you, that's all the stuff that um, must be very, very hard to, to learn until you're actually out there regularly yeah, doing, doing it. it. Yeah. yeah, and just having lots of really um, amazing, generous people who've you know worked in the industry and gone through it, yeah. just coming and um, being um, careful and graceful with how they um, teach yeah. because they were once there as well. So, yeah. it's, you know, I've, I've had a lot of wonderful people that, you know, we just, we were lucky enough to have as tutors all through. Yeah, years. one of the cliched tropes is of the the sort of perfectionist arts teacher, whether it's a drama teacher or a music teacher that, you know, will only accept excellence. But I think, you know, my understanding of a lot of our theatre directors and tutors and coaches is that it's far more nurturing than that. Yeah. It's far more based around the lived experience of having died, you know, almost died on stage themselves. And yeah. 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 And it's, I mean, we are, we are horrifically fragile. We, we are all fragile beings because we constantly put ourselves out there to be um, ridiculed or judged or adored or um, forgotten you yeah, know, um, yeah. and we're so, you know, it's sort of here one night, gone the next. Mm. Any performance is only ever, only ever lasts as, as long as the second that you're in it. Mm-hmm. And you, you um, were, as a musician, you were writing songs. Do you still? Yeah. Do you still? Yeah. You're still. Um, so, we, yeah, I wrote the songs for our band. Yeah. Um, <laughs> this is so fun. We got to play things like the AMP show, the Easter AMP show, yeah. and things like that, um, out of the back of trucks. Yeah, yeah. And uh, we did we, we did one of the other schools ball one year. Um, we did like all the talent competitions. We did the Smoke Free Rock Quest. Um, 
and the most were fun. But, I mean, the level of talent that's coming out now, I look back and I'm just so embarrassed that we, <laughs> we even <laughs> thought we were cool. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> God damn it. Um, but, uh, so... After, after high school, when I moved up to Auckland, I ended up doing like regular gigs of my solo stuff out at a, a pub called the Ye Old Bailey on Tamaki, I think it was Tamaki Drive, like way out. And I used to do two hours and there was basically, it was like a Wednesday night, basically only the four locals who would come there for the after work beer would be sitting at the end of the bar and the, and the woman at the bar working and, and me. And my, at the time, my partner at the time who was... Um, also a, a sound engineer so he'd just set up the gear and then sit in the, in the back of the corner reading a book and then the guys the four guys would go outside to smoke and I'd sometimes just be playing to an empty bar but I did it for me <laughs> I did it for me um and then uh ended up in a band with my my sister and one of my friends from Gisborne who uh we were all flatting together and she was doing a gig, Katie Scott, she was doing a gig at One to One Cafe and um, she just started jamming out one of her songs that she was going to do and I was doing the dishes and I just started harmonising with her from the kitchen. I was like, oh, I'll go grab my guitar. So I pulled it out and we just started having a jam. My sister heard from upstairs and she was studying at Mainz and majoring in yeah. bass at the time. And so she dragged her bass amp downstairs <laughs> and brought her bass um, down and we all just started jamming and three-part harmonies and then... She goes, oh, do you want to do, do this gig with me? I'm like, yeah, sure, why not? We did a couple of songs, and we, well, we ended up doing like her whole set, and everyone was like, oh, when are you guys playing together next? We're not even a band. And um, then we had to come up with a name really fast, so because mine and my sister's last name is Today, we, um, we called ourselves Katie Scott and the Miss T's. And... <laughs> That, that was like a, like a spur-of-the-moment decision, and then that stuck, and mm. then that became our name for, like, I think we did it for about three or four years. We recorded an EP at York Street Studio um, with Simon Gooding and Ben King produced us, and Chris O'Connor was our um, percussionist for that. We got Gareth Thomason, he did some piano on some of the tracks, and... Oh, God, I hope I'm mentioning everyone. Um, because we had so much love and so much support from people in the industry. Um, and we ended up getting... Katie just hustled so well. She was so good at all that. We ended up getting um, funding from New Zealand On Air to record a single um, that she'd applied for. And so we did a music video, and Johnny Barker directed it. And that was so much fun. Um, it was kind of just shot over two days, and we, like, big borrowed and stole and... <clears throat> wing and a prayer and some number mm. eight wire and chewing mm. gum mm. and yeah and so that exists and what what happened though did it just get parked did it run its course is it something that you think did, did the acting took over on some level but is it something that you still feel you know connected to you want to go back and perform music yeah. Super regularly, or I do. I've, I've sort of t I've taken a huge hiatus from it because of yeah. um, the acting, yeah. which has has been fine with me. I think because we were we were still uh, and we they're were so related. I mean, you've, yeah, you've done some singing as part of your acting, but also just it's there. There's a uh, related context around being in front of people and mm. being being able to perform. I find I get way more nervous performing my own stuff, my own songs, because yeah, it's me. Because it's you, you're not yeah, hiding. You're not, not hiding. hiding. <laughs> yeah, and that's that's the yeah. weirdest part. Is yeah. that 
you know, people just kind of assume, oh, no, you're a performer, so Mm-mm. you must love getting up and performing and you must love doing public speaking. Yeah, yeah. And why don't you be the one that gets up mm. for everything and do stuff? And, and it's it's a night, it's like, it's a, I get palpitations. Yeah, if yeah. someone asks me, oh, can you just get up and mm. do a speech on the fly? Like, Hell no, I can't. Um, but the the music side of stuff, because we always had it around us as a family and, um, I know, we just... That was really natural to go into that. Um, I think well, we ended up the the band ended up sort of ending because um, my sister fell pregnant and moved back to Gisborne to sort of be with family um, to get that support. And then Katie sort of wanted to branch out and do her like a kind of more electronica based stuff, um, which is awesome. Mm. And she's now got a group called Kittens of the Internet. It's a duo. Um, and she's been doing really well with all of that for the last few years. She's about to move to London. I'm so I'm so excited for her. Um, but yeah, that's that yeah. ended sort of in around 2012, I think yeah. it was. And then the I guess the acting sort of thing picked up again, and I ended up doing a music. I did a couple of musicals that year, and I'd never done proper musical training in vocal. So I sort of had this singer-songwritery kind of vibe and trying to find a a musical theatre voice. I ended up just going kapahaka and belting shit all the time. (laughs) (laughs) So I've got two settings, like falsetto singer-songwriter or kapahaka belt. There's nothing subtle (laughs) in the middle. And that's what I'm working on, constantly working on. Yeah. But yeah, um, but then you know, musical theatre and stuff is such a different beast as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, it's telling a, different, using it, different stuff to tell the stories again. It's an entirely different discipline, essentially. Yeah. You know, it, yeah. it bor- borrows bits and comes from these other two distinct forms, but yeah. it is its own. And it's an art. It's such yeah. an art. I think people really underestimate how hard musical theatre is and how how relevant it is, yeah. especially to to telling stories today. Well, it seems to have. I mean, I, I'm going to sound really naive here because, you know, I'm not. I'm not strictly at all a musical theatre person, but it does feel like it's had a huge comeback in mm. the, in the mainstream. Like I, I obviously know it's always had its fans and has continued on, but just just the li- lots of the. Um, Remakes of things, you know. Yeah. I think sort of Hairspray is a great example of like when the second film of that was made. Yep. That that has really kicked a, a huge, you know, and and all the different sort of st- you know, Shrek the musical exists, yeah. you know, and all of this sort of stuff. And my I've got a kid who is now getting involved in that stuff, and so I'm sort awesome. of I'm a little bit more immersed in it because of that, and yeah. just sort of seeing how how accessible that makes performance for kids and how into it they become yeah you know. and there's so I mean there's so much heart and humanity in it um, there's there's something really um, moving about being able to tell story through song and yeah. I mean I mean lyricists have been doing it for years mm. but mm. I guess there's there's that there's that odd wall that people put up between mus- musical theater and the rest yes. of that where yeah, you yeah. sort of have to um, be a certain type of personality mm. to like it, but there's, you know, there's actually more and more people are finding that that there is actually a, a wider range of yeah. musical theatre. It's not just that one avenue. Yeah, yeah, and I think we can do that. We we can often be guilty of. Um, it's very easy to look at something like that that 
becomes sort of maligned and just pick the really bad examples and yeah. use that to prop up your case. Yeah, exactly. You know, of course musical theatre is awful. Look at Mamma Mia, you know, or so, you know yeah, if, that, yeah. if that's not your thing and use that as an example, <coughs> but that's ignoring, you know, you don't know what you don't know. So yeah. if, you've, you know, if you haven't seen loads of the, the great musicals, then you can't, reference at all no no exactly <laughs> you know and I think I think one of the, you know just thinking about it now one of the um things that I would mark up about uh, musicals is that actually it's 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 very clever and it's the shared duties of storytelling it sort of recognizes the the limitations of both forms and 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 is able to work around that so yeah. you know sometimes conventional theater can do so much mm. but to really get people on side might be a instantly, you know, hummable, memorable melody. So yeah. then it launches into that. Or when, you know, the lyric, the rhyming can take on a novel, novelty kind of bent, Yeah. then you can move away from that and move into serious acting to, yeah. to hammer home a point that's set up in a more, you know, in an instantly sort of catchy way. So there's this constant dance between the, between the two that's Absolutely. pulling in different people at different times. Yeah. Mm. So. Um, yeah, I 100% agree with that. Yeah. Uh, so you you do some TV work. Yes. Yeah. I, um, so years ago, a decade ago, we um, started filming for Go Girls in 2008, and then that was a little wee sort of show that ended up taking on a life of its own, yes. which was really great. <laughs> yeah. I think at the time they sort of weren't really sure what it was and then it, it found its stride after the first season and, and its audience mm. but it was quite an eclectic audience too we found you know there was something for, for everyone I, th- I think the oddest one was um, uh, so because I used to nanny as well between seasons so I'd look after people's kids and some of them were in the industry right yeah, and yeah. there was um, a woman that I um, nannied for and she said that every like that Every, every Thursday night, because it used to be on Thursdays, her and her mates would get together and they'd drag their husbands along to one of the houses and they'd have barbecues <laughs> and eat together while they watched it. And at first the guys were like, what's yeah, yeah. this? And then they, they were like, they by, the end, by the end of an episode, they were like, they turn around and all the guys are standing there watching, drinking their beers. Like, oh no, what are you doing? Don't go, don't go out with him. He's, he's the wrong guy for you. They're like, oh really? And then next thing, the next week and stuff, the guys are like, oh, so whose house are we going to? And this is, you know, like, they've got kids and they've yeah. got, you know, like, important normal jobs and, yeah. you know, normal lives. And it was, it was re- that for me was like, okay, cool. This yeah, is awesome. Yeah, yeah. And what was the, what was the, um, impact of for you of, of you know I guess being on TV like were you you know suddenly recognised in the street and things like yep. that you know what you know because you wouldn't have been um, you know you wouldn't have been that old when that was going on so you know in terms no. of and, and and young in your career so yep. you know how who who helps you with that um, that I think that was probably one of the things I look back on and sort of say there, there could have I could have probably done with a little bit more guidance yeah, yeah. during that time. Um, it is it was zero to a hundred. Mm. Um, I guess that's the thing with a runaway show too. Like, yeah. is that you know how can you put a support network in place for something that you don't know what the parameters know. are? Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. So it, you know, I think 
what was the saving grace um, for us, especially for me and Alex Bushnell, um, was that we had Jay Ryan and Anna Hutchison, and they were both they were yeah. they were both child actors. They'd grown up. Yeah, and they'd screen. done the big stuff yeah. like here and in Australia, yeah. and yeah. they'd had a taste of America by that stage as yeah. well. They'd gone over to do pilot season stuff, yeah. so they were both. So, I mean, all four of us became fast friends. Yeah from day dot, which was just so important. But they were just so wonderful and key in, in helping me and Alex navigate that sort of, and it's, hard, it's weird to say fame in mm. New Zealand because that doesn't actually really exist, but that, um, that recognition, yeah. all of a sudden you, you don't really know how to handle it. And they were, they were just so great and they were so easy with it all. And the interview stuff as well, because um, Alex and I were, <laughs> we, were so, we were so green that we didn't really know um, how to yeah, navigate yeah. an interview, and um, you know they were just yeah. They again, who teaches so many, you? Yeah, yeah. If, if, if not them, who teaches you? No one. Yeah. yeah. So they they just gave us tips, and um, I think one of Anna's um, best tips that she said one time, she was like, um, "I." She goes, "I don't. Sometimes I don't have anything interesting to say." And they kind of they ask me. Sometimes they ask me what my future plans are, and she's like, "I don't know what I'm doing from job to job." Sometimes, so she says, "I always just say I'm going on an African safari." <laughs> it sounds it sounds interesting. Wonderful. It yeah, sounds yeah. wonderful. Sounds or she's like, "I'm you know I'm going on this exotic." She's you know cruise um, yeah cruise or something. She's like, "I'm never going on those things," yeah, yeah. but it makes for interesting conversation. Well, the thing know. is, you know. Um, I, I've always I've always treated interviews when I've done them as just a conversation. I know yeah. I'm not alone in that. Like, there's no, nothing revelatory. Lots of people say that and do that, but I feel like that's the best way. But also the the flip side of that is the person capturing the interview. Yeah, they just want words mm. at the end of the day. You know, like when it comes down to it, they 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 want the best interview they can they can get and that they can hopefully assist in giving. Yeah. But um, she's quite right. You know, just give them a story. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like totally. Yeah. And that was the other thing that Jay always said: like, make sure that whether you're going in for a radio interview or for a, <clears throat> a written yeah, yeah. Um, written one or magazine one, he said always just have like one or two cool anecdotes that you can think of that would be from the set or some funny things yeah, that yeah, we've done yeah. together or something from your life, um, just so that you know if you get asked. To, to put in something mm. like that that you've that you've got something rather than sitting there going oh oh no I yeah. didn't figure out what my favourite colour is this interview <laughs> is going so bad you yeah. know yeah 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 so that what's the what's the I mean I remember that show but what's the full I can't, duration of it like how long does it go for uh, how long we yeah. ended up doing yeah. it so we ended up doing it for four years four seasons yeah. um, and then in the fifth season they they did a bit of a spring clean and brought in some um, new cast members for the the core cast and then they did one more season of that and then then it kind of came to a natural end I think yeah yeah and uh, and and what you know what what what's your I guess move after that and also what's your what's your feeling when the when when you finish on the show and the, and when the show finishes what you know is it job well done, great, or is it mixed major mixed feelings? Oh, I was. I think I went through a grief. Yeah. I, went, I, I was bereft because. No, I um, imagine. I'd spent sort of more of that. Hugely four years. formative for you too. Like, yeah. You know, I imagine for anyone involved in something like that at any point in their career, you know, unless for some odd reason it's 
it's really not enjoyable. <laughs> but four years is yeah. a long stint. Magnif- you know, exponential when it's that sort of work, I imagine. Yeah, because we, I mean, we spent so much time with yeah. the cast and crew, yeah. and it was such a like a generous group of cast and crew people. Like we were, we were friends with everyone on set, and um, anyone that came in as a guestie, we were always like, "Hey, yay, yeah. a new friend to play with!" Um, and it was really lovely um, having having that constant. Um, camaraderie and friendship and, and and like I say like between seasons I nannied for a lot of the crew mm, mm, so you have those they, connections yeah, so that, and you know it's looking after their families yep, as well yeah and um yeah it was we you know we were all part of each other's lives for so long that uh, when it all sort of ended and also playing Cody for that long I actually spent a lot more time thinking like her than thinking like me yeah, yeah. so uh, yeah I, I guess I sort of had an odd time having to sort of put her to be yeah yeah you bring back your personality find out who you are yeah and, and also yeah. figure out because you sort of did yeah. grow up a lot in that yeah in that yeah yeah and you are growing up in public yeah, yeah yeah and so that was I mean that was for me a really harsh learning experience during that time yeah. just sort of and actually you know taking the time to grieve the end of something really amazing that yeah. finished and and then go, okay, yep, I had an amazing time. Yeah, I still yeah. have those amazing friendships with people. Yeah. And um, I've just become a, a most enlightened being because of it, because yeah. I learnt everything on that set. And the, the crew were amazing teaching us as we went as well. Just And I would ask lots of questions um, about, you know, what, what was going on with the lighting and yeah, yeah. costume and, and continuity and art department. And I was always really interested in yeah. everyone's jobs because that all makes it, you know, yeah, that's yeah, what yeah. makes it magic. Yeah, yeah, and it's, yeah, it's a real um, interdependent thing. Yeah. You know, you're all, you're all helping each other yeah. make it all happen, right? And and when I said exponential, you know, I mean, obviously people, there's, there's a cliche that, oh, that's easy work once you've got it, you know, there's a lot of sitting around and a lot of rah, 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 and I'm sure there is in some in some aspects of, of this work and, and you don't work a full year, but four years, you know, you might turn up and do nine days work in one day, you know, yes, <laughs> or, yeah, or certainly four or sometimes. five days, you know, yeah. and, and so and there's the potential for the work environment to become fraught quickly. I would think those pressure cooker situations can could appear much more um, likely than you know mm. a nine to five desk job, yeah. where that can also happen. <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah, I think yeah, and it's not it's not for the faint of heart any mm. of those any mm. of those roles on a set because it is it's always constantly under the gun mm. and you know there's all of the other things like <clears throat> the the pressures of getting it in on time and the budgets and the um, just you know, there's so many moving cogs on those sets. Yeah. Um, but it was always it always felt like a very wonderfully warm place to be, and and that was purely because of everyone involved, all the mm. people, mm. and and also the material. We had we had such a great time playing those characters. They were wonderful and ridiculous and heartfelt and um, relatable. Yeah, yeah. So relatable. My character was um, basically the every Kiwi woman. So, yeah, 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 and and I'm I mean I'm glad you mentioned the nannying thing because I wanted to ask I guess what you know what jobs or roles you kind of um, had had or have on the go as 
little filler jobs because that's often a way a person doing the sort of work you do yeah. survives and not, not just in New Zealand anywhere you hear people go to New York to make it and they end up waitressing more than they yep. act or they end up yeah. you know in whatever day job for a long long time yeah and the the work that they've gone over there to do is actually the hobby yeah and sometimes never more than that yeah so do you you know have you found a particular set of fallback jobs that you've had to do for a long time or are you quite um, fluid with that or and where are you at with that at the moment you appear to be doing lots of acting work so yeah I've been super lucky over the last uh, sort of oh god how long has it been now about five, maybe three three or four years where I haven't had to yeah um do P- pick up anything. stuff in between. Yeah. I mean, there's been well, you say luck, pieces. You say lucky, but you've <laughs> you've <laughs> gone at it for many years before that, and yep. you have had to massive stuff. So of time, yeah. you know, it's all it's all relative. Ex- yeah, exactly. It's all the experience for moving forward to get to that, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I haven't I haven't had to um, take on any sort of part time jobs recently um, because I've sort of managed yeah. to. To go from job to job, and you know some of them have fallen through, and you you hustle for the next thing, and yeah. you you make phone calls, and you you put yourself out there, and and you pray to whatever entities you believe yes. in, yeah. <laughs> um, sell your soul a little bit, you know, more chunks of it, whatever's left. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, I when I first moved up to Auckland, I was working at um, Burger Fuel. And um, I, like, I really enjoyed actually doing that. That was really fun, and it was a great group of people. Really great culture within the Burgerfield family. Um, and I did that for about four years. And then I was working at the Wine Society, which every actor under the sun, I think, does. <laughs> He's done there on the phones. Yeah. Um, and I made a lot of really good friends there too. And then, and then the Go Girls thing came along, and then basically sort of nannying and um, like random little jobs. Yeah. I also worked as a foley artist for. <laughs> about a year and a half, I think it was, about a year, for Shortland Street. Yeah. Um, or for Sweet 16 that used to have the contract that um, did the recordings for yeah, yeah. For Shortland Street. So every Sunday, because uh, my, my partner at the time, way back when, he, the sound engineer, he was working there. Yeah. And so we'd go in, and you can go in hungover, because nobody knows, <laughs> but yeah. you two. Um, although it's not really fun being in a tiny hot room all day hungover, <laughs> watching five episodes of Shortland Street yeah. and doing all the sound effects. <laughs> but yeah, we would go in on a Sunday and just smash out all of the episodes. So I'd do yeah. all the walking and um, the rattling of pens and cups, which was all surgery stuff. Yeah. And bag opening, closing and paper and money and things. Amazing. Yeah. And, 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 you know, again, one of those kind of, you know, someone someone has to do that in every production and, and people have done it for you. So it will, we'll do it for you. So cool to be on the... Yeah. Other side of the glass, yeah, and um, and recognizing that you know that's legitimate work. Yeah, gosh, yeah, 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 and and actually requires timing and skill and many of the things that anyone on the other side of the camera or the other side of the glass, yeah, you know, uses as well. Um, so, is there a stigma around actors confessing to paid jobs that aren't acting? Have you felt, you know, yeah, I wonder that. Because I I think people who don't, you know, uh, and and, you know, I think it's been true of musicians too, like the goal is to make a living out of the thing that you do, obviously. I've picked like the worst two careers to try and make money (laughs) out of. Yeah, 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 yeah. (laughs) Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah, no, I'm, I've, I've been the same. You know. <laughs> I, I know that feeling. Good one, Bronwyn. <laughs> yeah. um, but because yeah, I'm thinking, like, you know, maybe it didn't have a view, but the other thing, too, I guess, is I wonder, is there a, has there be, ever been a, a situation of, like, say, if you're working behind a counter, retail, service, that sort of thing, and then you have people from the public that recognise you from a show, TV mm. or otherwise, and they might snigger and sneer about, well, you've, you've obviously failed. Well, okay. Which so, is absurd. Yeah. But I, I wonder if you, you know, if you have so, an experience around that. Um, I think, I don't, I've never come across that. Um, but, uh, so there was, there was one time where uh, we were kind of halfway through um, the Go Girls season, so it was kind of at its height, mm. and there was a big gap that we had, and there was a... Um, it was a school holidays, and so I just kind of put my name down for like corporate um, entertainment and that sort of thing. And I ended up getting a phone call about um, putting on a kids' activity thing in a mall. Um, you know, with mm, things mm. like you know, there was like a, two sessions in the morning where you could paint and do yeah. cool craft stuff, and then two sessions in the afternoon where they would do like make little kebab skewers and yeah. you know get to have fun with that. And so I was doing that, and I was sort of doing this the spiel for the kids at the start and. And then you'd get a lot. A lot of the parents would come up and go, "Are you, are you Cody from Go Girls?" <laughs> and I was like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah." And they were like, "Oh, that's so great," you know. And yeah, yeah, I never yeah. went. I never once felt like, "Oh, yeah, yes, yeah. I oh used God, to I'm be so all right. I am. Like, yeah, nah, but not right now. You're working, <laughs> yeah, working, yeah. and you should feel proud of and yourself. And own it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you know, also, you're getting to hang out with kids and make them happy in their school holidays, and make the parents a little bit happy because they get five minutes to themselves to go and have a hot yeah, drink yeah, that stays yeah. hot. Yeah, you know. I mean. You know, yeah. I don't know. I'm, I don't really have an ego about that. No, no. Well, I mean, I think it's a, quite a powerful gift. I mean, it's making this character of Cody accessible to people yeah. in, a, in another way, almost, almost in a weird way. Even though you're admitting to being a character, and they know you're a character, it's somehow making it more real in people's minds or it's something. Just, it's it's just, just, it gives that another, that gift of that, yeah. that handshake or that yeah. that, that opening of you yeah. know, breaking the ice and yeah, yeah, like yeah. That. And I think, uh, to me anyway, because um, I I'm around performers so much, and there is a lot of um, there's a lot of energy and openness mm. of performers anyway, mm. where they aren't scared to just you know start a conversation with someone but I appreciate the fact that so many people um, from the public were brave enough to come up to me and and ask to chat to me and talk yeah. to me because that's not that's not a normal thing people don't usually approach strangers and yeah yeah and and chat to them so in my, in my mind anyone that did come up to me I wanted to um, you know gift the energy yeah. back again that's the thing I think we've got in New Zealand, we've got better at in recent years, mm. and I think you know the you know generation and and a half younger have really embraced. I guess maybe it's the social media and selfie age and stuff, yeah. but but it's a positive aspect of that is that they've really embraced. When you say there's nothing about there's not really famous in New Zealand, uh, I could actually disagree with that now and say there really yeah. there really is because there's people that that are far less cynical and about mm. it, you know, we used yeah, to have yeah. the, the, the good yeah. old-fashioned, well, you can't be famous in New Zealand, yeah. which is actually fucking horseshit. There's heaps of famous people that live in New Zealand and they've achieved heaps and they're really good at what they do, yeah. and now it seems to be there are people that aren't afraid to say that, and that's really nice, yeah. you know, and, you know, rather than this bullshit 
people thinking it's funny that they could laugh at a person for serving them a burger when they saw them in a TV show and, and thinking that that means something, you know? It's like, yeah. were, you, were you ever going to do the TV show? <laughs> yeah. No, you're just going to sit and eat the burger, you know? Like, And you were just going to do that no matter who gave it to you. So <laughs> why do you get to kind of um, project some sort of failing of yourself onto someone yeah. else? It's a weird... And that, there, was a, there was another thing. I mean, what, in between the seasons... Um, as well, I, I did house cleaning mm. and I, I cleaned, there was a couple of houses that I did regularly and um, you know I, that again it was, it's, it was a job yeah. and I was you know, I was paying my rent yeah, and yeah. you know, I didn't, you know people when they'd ask me, oh so what are you, what are you working on now, what, what show are you working on I was like, no no, I'm, I'm just house cleaning at the moment and nannying with a couple of families yeah. and they're like, oh Oh, yeah. I would think that knowing the bills are getting paid would be one of the most realistic, rewarding things anyone going into the creative sector could actually do. And And if you can get to that point, as you say, at the moment for you, you're not doing that stuff. It sounds like if you had to, you'd go back to it in a heartbeat, yeah. you know, because it's just reality. But Mama ain't you, proud, she wants yeah. to eat. <laughs> <laughs> so, but you know, it's, I, I, that's one one thing I do sort of think maybe we, we aren't doing so well is that um, uh, these, these sort of courses for people to get involved in music and, and other creative activities in New Zealand almost come with a, a, a suggested guarantee of a platform at the end of it, yeah. and I, I worry but about only, that. Only if you're willing to work for it, and yeah. I think that that, yeah. that is that is kind of the addendum that yeah. should be on it, yes. or that that is currently sort of implied but not really voiced. Yeah, um, yeah, you know, you can yeah. you can have a platform if you are willing to to work your ass off for it, and yeah. that's that's I, I think that that is the problem is that it's sort of more an idea of thinking that you're just mm. going to sort of walk into a role or a, a theatre company or a um, or a band or a recording yeah. contract yeah. Um, which don't exist anymore in New Zealand anyway. You're, you're yeah, making yeah. your own stuff out yeah. of your bedroom with your laptop and your gears and that's amazing, you know. Yeah. You can create your own platform. But as I say, one of the, and, <clears throat> and then one of the even more freeing things about that is, is, is doing that in your spare time outside of a job and knowing that every Everything that needs to be taken care of, like your own, you know, essentially your own sanity, your own mental health, your own well-being, yeah. because you've got food, you've got... it's terrifying. It's yeah. terrifying going from acting job to acting job when you don't know whether the next one is coming in or whether dates mm. are going to line up mm. or whether it's even going to be sort of uh, essentially a paid a living wage um, and you know that you want to work and that's, that's the part of... That's the part, for me, that's the trade-off is that I don't, I don't look at the dollar amount in terms of you know how how much ahead I'm going to get. It's just if I can pay mm. the basics, if I can pay my rent, if I've got petrol money, if I've got food, and if I've got some beer money. Yeah, you know I'm good. I mean, G- Jeff Buckley to me seemed like a, actually a bit of an asshole for all the all the stories that people love about his music but the most heartbreaking thing I know about him is that when the Grace album was actually out and it existed and you know now you think of the number of people that care about that and particularly yeah. that his version of Hallelujah and what that kind yeah. of did for that song you know there's a story in the biography that he he went and grabbed a whole bunch of 
his records and copies of his album and took them and sold them in a second-hand store because he was catching up with an old friend for dinner and he knew mm. he knew that... He couldn't afford Well, it. not only could he not afford it, he had to look like he could pay for them. And they were just going for a cheap meal. But right. he had to basically scrounge for 30 bucks or whatever to, oh, buy, you know, to buy a couple God. of bowls of noodles yep. so that he could be the guy with the record contract and the Just album out who was on tour up. and keep that front up. So, you know, that's heartbreaking stuff. Oh, and, that's that, so and, and a version of that story still exists for a lot of people, I'm sure. Yeah. You know, and as much as what you're talking about, there, there probably are still people that have that weird yeah. fragility of ego that they have to put that across. Oh yeah, I mean yeah, and I have moments where I feel like that as well, and it's not, um, it's not a nice place to be in. But mm. at the same time, I I always know that this is this is what I've chosen. Yeah. So I, you know, I've just got to put my big girl pants on and and, and do it. Be, yeah, <laughs> and be good and at be it. Be good at it and be, be okay with what, whatever comes from it. Good so, or bad. So <coughs> theatre's been the thing the last couple of years in particular, and circa has played a big part in that. Um, what sort of um, am- amusing horror stories do you have of performing or, or legitimate, credible <laughs> highlights? Are there, are there things that stick out? Are there particular performances, shows, where you're just like, it was such an honour to be part of that? Or, or the flip side of that, was there something you did spectacularly wrong and went... Man, we were lucky to survive that. Or well, I, I mean, because you came and saw the panto, uh, yeah. this last one, the Peter yeah. Pan. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so, because there was this this big high platform up the back. Yeah, yeah. And there was like it this, looked like a recipe for disaster. That whole set. <laughs> oh, uh, that, that that cake was already baked. Yeah, we were eating the disaster. Um, no, no, it was just it was very precarious out the back. So there was like this tiny little platform that you could walk on mm. up there, and then there was a staircase. Staircases either side. There were some crash mats that were down on the ground, but then there was also that projector screen that was there. Yes. So you were kind of the gap to fall was basically about that big. Yeah. Um, one of the performances I did was early on, <clears throat> and I was leaving as Tinkerbell, who was ki- kind of high on her own supply, I think. She, yeah, she'd been yeah. snorting her own fairy dust, I'm yeah. sure. Um, <laughs> and so I was like, bye, and jumped over the edge, and my skirt got caught between my foot and the edge of the wood. <laughs> and I went straight over. I caught myself with the side of my calf muscle on the edge of the angled mm. um, square wood platform and sort of slowly like let myself down as though, as though I'd meant to do it and I was trying to be comedic and mm. leaving in a silly way but I was hanging on for dear life and then I just sort of let go I rolled backwards and as I looked I saw Simon Leary in full hook outfit yeah. with hook in hand just sort of scooping underneath and catch me it was it was the most uh, the heroic thing I yeah. think I've ever, in the middle of, of performance and thinking oh my god you're such a klutz but yeah Simon in full, full hook outfit comes in catches me I sort of do this weird backflip out of his arms and race straight out the back to get changed because I had a fast change to come on as Zena Lily yeah. from round here in the yeah. boat yeah and we get on stage and it, it was just all frantic and crazy and then we're standing there singing this big medley number and I see like a couple of people sort of frowning at me and I look down and 
There is, like, my entire shin is just covered in blood because I'm also yeah. wearing stock skin-coloured stockings, so it's just seeped and kind of, like, spread. Yeah, yeah. It wasn't that bad an injury. It was, like, a little bit of yeah, a yeah, yeah. out of my shin. But it just gone, <laughs> so my whole leg was... It looked like it looked like a murder scene. And then I was sort of conscious about that the entire rest, yeah, of, yeah, this, rest of the show because yes. I was like, I don't want anyone worrying about my leg. I'm fine. Yes. But... The, the bruises that I had that, that came up the next day were everywhere, like all, I, I, I looked like I'd just sort of gone into some like mixed martial arts ring for but, about three minutes. I mean, short of full-scale improvisation, if you're going to make a mistake of any kind, the panto's the time to do it, the right? Because you just get p- to write it into it. Yeah, God, yeah. yeah. And because those guys, oh, 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 there was another one. Oh, God. So, um, and probably the most <laughs> embarrassing thing that has ever happened to me on stage, ever, ever, ever. Um, it was the second to last show that we were doing of the pantomime. And it was the fight scene with the swords. And Xena Lily has this long, luscious, Lucy Lawless type wig yeah. on and I'm fighting with Hook and he puts his knife up to my throat and I'm standing right in front of him and then I push out of the way, grab a sword and start fighting. Little did I know that part of my wig had gotten caught in the buttons of Hook's jacket and as I ran away to go and get the sword, my hair stayed on the front of his jacket and I was scalped in front of the entire audience. I was de-wigged. It was like drag queen 101 disaster. And I sort of ran, grabbed the sword, thought, oh, I don't have my hair, ran back. He was trying to hand it to me with a hook in his hand and a sword in the other. So the wig got caught in his hook. I'm trying to put the wig back on thinking no one would have seen anything. (laughs) And this is with mid-fight scene music going on. And luckily Simon just had the generosity and wherewithal because he'd set that convention up with the audience that he'd talked to them in that kind of improvised sort of way. He was like, oh, stop, stop, stop the music, stop them. And he just was like... um, he explained, you know, he sort of went like, oh, wasn't she great for trying to carry on? And, and then he de-wigged himself. Right, yeah, It's like, oh, look, yeah. it's all just... Wonderful. Thing. And, and then we both looked at Gavin, yeah. <laughs> who was in his dame wig, yeah. and he just went, mm <laughs> like, I'm not taking my wig yeah, off. Yeah. And so, yeah, we put our wigs back on and then restarted the music and did the whole thing again. Yeah. But it was that, that split-second moment. There was so many micro-expressions that went mm. over my face. Yeah, yeah, of yeah. standing in the middle of the, the stage with a wig cap on and this is, else. See, this is the thing. This is absolutely terrifying for anyone. I'm sure it was quite terrifying for you, but it's absolutely <laughs> terrifying for anyone. You know, imagine the stand-up comedian that's doing acting and that happens to them. They can't oh. do it. But because you have some, you know, level of... Um, well, you have a huge ability and, and training, but you actually have some readiness for yeah. fuck we must deal with what we must deal with when it when it comes up but what's worse not not remembering your own lines or someone on stage with you not remembering theirs um, for you, me, not yeah. remembering my lines um, because I feel like I've let everybody down yeah. and I take a lot of that responsibility on me. If someone on stage doesn't remember their lines, I find that it's such that's such an electric space to be in because you feel everybody on stage yes. just that that they 
all get that adrenaline rush mm. and everyone goes, right, how do we fix this? Yeah, yeah, Your teamwork, brain, instant yeah, teamwork. Without even having mm. a conversation, mm. you all telepathically communicate and somebody feeds a line or yeah, yeah. changes their line to fix yeah, that yeah, or yeah. Covers helps them out, it. covers in some yeah. way and you come off stage and you're just, you're elated because yeah. not only have you done the work that you can all support each other enough to get to that stage on, on stage, but you also just like had a shared experience. Yeah, I've talked to uh, a few actors now for the podcast and I, I've, I've said this before, but I, I love seeing little mistakes in productions because I love seeing how good you guys are at recovering from them. You know, yeah. I, obviously I want it to go well. Obviously I don't, I don't will, you know, yeah. the accident to happen. But, but yeah. I'm amazed when it does happen. Um, I'm always pleasantly surprised with how well it's dealt with. Yeah. And to me, you know, I go to enough theatre, I've watched enough TV and, and film that, you know, and, 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 and had enough cultural experiences, I, I, I kind of am in it to see what happens when something a little bit different happens. Because it's live theatre. Yeah, exactly. And there's no two shows the same way. Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah. And, th- like, last night in our, in our opening, we, we were only really just um, off script properly on Friday because we had such a short rehearsal time yeah, for yeah. this. And we were just so, so ambitious and we all wanted it just to be as brilliant as we could for Emily and for everybody else. Yeah, 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 yeah. And that, you know, there were moments in that where it was just, there's but so it, much yeah, content. it was amazing. Well, let's talk about that a little bit. I mean, by the time people hear this, that, that, that will have been and gone. That's only on for a week. <laughs> yeah. But it's coming back yep. as, as, as the aim and ambition. So this is Rants in the Dark, which is based on Emily Wright's book. Now, Emily's a good friend friend of mine and she's actually the person who's been on the podcast the most she's had three separate she's episodes amazing. of the podcast so I know Emily well I know the material well I know yeah. her I know her family including her her husband who you um caricatured <laughs> impersonated and um I'm not allowed to name him because she doesn't like him being named but she leaned over to me last night before the show started and she said the the portrayal of my husband is and she said crack up, but as she started to say, I said, I thought she was going to say crap. Just because she, just because she was leaning in and, uh, you know, and Lindy Jane was behind us and I thought she was whispering it so she didn't hear. And again, this, 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 you know, this speaks yeah. to my mindset and my, you know, what, I'm, what I'm looking You're for. Like, right, okay. Great. What, you know, ooh, yeah, yeah. what have we got tonight? And she said, crap. Yeah, yeah. And she said, no, 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 crack up. And as soon as you came on stage as him, I was amazed and we talked about it. Oh, little girl. We talked about it a lot last night after because Emily's dad was here and Mm. he said, you know, they're all blown away by it. It was amazing. Now, Lindy Jane told me that you um, met him and had a brief sort of hangout with him. And I I said uh, to her, I imagine he would have kind of almost put his guard up it would have been slightly awkward and I, no, no, I don't know you, you know, we've just met and we're just having this conversation now but I've seen you perform and I, was, I said he would have probably put a little bit of a guard up being a little bit awkward and somehow in that, that would have been a wonderful tell for you, that would have given you what you needed to maybe complete your portrait of him Well, um, I, I guess n- no um, in, in the way that um, when I was reading him off the page mm. um he immediately was quite clear to me. Yeah, yeah. Right from the oh, start. Oh, I know that you. I know that because uh, I, I, I know that you sort of built the character before you even met him. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, no, I know I that. I think I wanted to chat to him the day yeah. that he came. I wanted yeah. to chat to him actually just as a, um, a, 
I wanted him to not feel like I was someone who wasn't interested yeah, in, yeah. in actually just sitting down and going, hey, yeah, you're yeah. awesome. Yeah, I, yeah. I really feel honoured telling your story. Yeah. Um, I, like, we didn't, we didn't chat about many things. I just asked him about, like, yeah. his job and stuff. But it was actually more just to go, I promise that I'm going to treat your story with as yeah. much care as I can. I'm not mocking you. I'm, yeah, I'm yeah. you know, we're, we're, the, we're celebrating you guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. that, that was my biggest fear, was that he mm. would feel um, parodied yes. or, or exposed by by what I was doing, seeing yeah. himself portrayed, um, A, by a woman, um, but also B, by someone who'd never met him. Yeah, yeah. And I just wanted him to know that it wasn't, it was more about like a, um, a, a generosity of human yeah. spirit that I just wanted to meet him as a person. Yeah, yeah. And he was so, he was really lovely because yeah. actually Emily said that um, he wouldn't, he probably wouldn't say two words yeah. or boo. Yeah. But he was sitting out in the foyer and um, we were sort of just doing random stuff in here and I wasn't really needed. So I just popped out and, and sat down and just, I was, but he was really, really open. Yeah, he yeah. chatted about lots of stuff and um, we only had about sort of 10 minutes of yeah. conversation before I had to come yeah. back in. But yeah, I guess. I mean, it's it was an amazing production, um, and and then especially given all the things you started to say about the time, you know, the the lack of time to put mm. it all together. When I first contacted you to to have a chat for the podcast, you replied to me and said, "You yeah, know, yeah, I'll do it. Sorry, I haven't got back to you, but um, you know, I don't have much of an excuse, but I have just been." Um, in a play and rehearsing for another one at the same time, to, to me that's like the best excuse anyone could, <laughs> could ever have for simply ignoring their fucking messages from anyone, let alone someone who's just cold calling them. Um, Can I tell you what that was actually, no, because we, so we were driving um, out to Carterton mm. every day to rehearse mm. and back again, because I had the show on at Circa yeah. during the night, and because um, Renee's parents live in Carterton and they've been helping her look after her twin babies, so we've been commuting out there yeah. every day, and I checked your message on the, on this when you yeah, sent it to me on yeah. that day I, I checked it when we stopped off to the in Featherston um, just for a quick low break one of the um, people in the car needed a, a stop and so I checked it and I went oh cool okay I'll, I'll reply to that later and then it just I got to Carterton and it was like I had it yeah. was like boop wiped oh no no and no then, I'm not asking I'm not but then every morning because I, I yeah. this became a joke every morning yeah. we drove through every time we came through Fitz and I was like fuck gotta get back to Simon alright okay yep I'll do that later we'd get to Carden we'd start rehearsing and I'd forget yeah yeah and so I got it got to the point where I was um I actually wrote it on my hand the last time we drove through Fitzgerald. I was like, right, get back to the end. So that was the time that I got, got back to you. But it became this running joke yeah, every yeah. time we got through oh, Fitzgerald. No, I wasn't looking for you to justify that. I'm just saying, like, I, I've, I, again, I've talked to actors before that, you know, I, I, this must come up um, every now and then for actors. And I imagine that early in their career, it will be one of the more frightening things to do, to be rehearsing for one show while performing in another. But that's the kind of, um, you know, expert level, you know, uh, rubbing your head and patting your tummy kind of mo <laughs> move that you, you get sometimes towards, right? And, and sometimes you think, and sometimes you think, fuck, why did I sign up for that? And, and why did I do that? And so another thing you've just sort of re revealed there is that, um, yeah, so the woman that is playing essentially Emily, yep. who is basically a tired mum, yep. 
is herself a tired mum. Yeah. So that, that you know that's a, that that had a wonderful ring of authenticity about it. So yeah, gosh, yeah. so what we saw it was a, a, a basically a show. I don't want to call it a play because I think it's a show. Yeah. A show that's still in development. It's yeah. a development season. So there's five performances and then it's going to come back. I mean, not really much needs to be changed about it because it was amazing. Right. But um, but where there were a couple of moments of hesitancy and she did such a good job of justifying, explaining, covering, moving around that, yeah. none of it was needed either because everyone was on side yeah. with it and also it just... That just speak, uh, speaks to the experience, you know. Here yeah. is here is a tired mum <laughs> playing a tired mum. Yeah, it's it's method acting, <laughs> you know, without <laughs> without without that being the plan. Yeah. Uh, but also, you know, and again, not to um, downgrade um, your performances, the other two people in the in the show. But it's almost like, and I'm, uh, we're sitting here on the stage, and I'm looking at the three microphone stands. I felt like she's kind of Diana Ross and you two are the other Supremes, you know, yeah. and like you're, you're kind of the backing vocalists and yeah, so totally. you're, you're support players. We're 20 feet from stardom. But yeah, yeah. And, and doing a range of things, you know, yeah. throwing a range of voices and, and, and all three of you were spectacular, but it, it, I, I like that it has that kind of feel to it. That yeah, because we are the support network yeah. and we are the every, every people in her life. Yeah, including imagined you Including know, imagined, imagined voices yeah. as well as yeah, you know, actually, yeah, 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 trolls and taunts trolls and, and, yeah. and 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 imaginary scenarios as well as real actual real life people. Yeah. Um, and you know, looking at the three microphone stands here, it's like there are these portions where you guys are bouncing back and forward lines, and it's like you are three stand-up comedians. Yeah. It's like, because. You know, her work is full of jokes. Yes. Like rich lines, good yeah. one-liners, good That's jokes. That's why I'm not packing myself because she's written all the jokes for us. Well, this is the, <laughs> this is this thing you started saying at the start. You know about yeah. about you know not not being funny yourself or whatever um, naturally but if the work's prepared for you that's still there's still a requirement you still need to bring something to it to yeah. deliver it. Now, you know you can feel like you're in safe hands because the material's good. Yeah. Because that you know for you. But we feel like the material's in safe hands if the if the performer is good at delivering it. So, so there's a, that too. It's a contract. Yeah, it's yeah, a two, yeah, yeah, two yeah, way sort yeah. of thing. Yeah, and I think also with the idea of um, sort of having to be funny, it's, I I don't ever try to be funny because I think that if you're playing it truthfully, it's either going to be funny or it's going to be yeah. poignant or it's going to be yeah, well, it's sad. Yeah, it's, it's either supposed to be funny or not supposed yeah. to be funny and that will come out. And I do feel safe within this work because that there's so much of that where it's just inherently mm. beautiful and funny and raw and um, and ridiculous and dark and, you know. But for, for all the, I guess what I was trying to get at too is for all the work that all of you do, including the, you know, the um, director, the technical mm. crew, the, the, everyone that's put the show together, it is almost a two-hour monologue show. Yeah. So, you know, a, a person can be forgiven for not, for not hitting yeah. every single fucking line. And she is such and she, a, she such pretty a much did. professional. Yeah. And she, like, you know, she was oh, go, was, she's still going over her script now. Yeah. And we did a lines run this morning, just to, like a speed mm. lines run, just to kind of remind mm. ourselves where those transitions are. But she's mm. such a hard worker that she's gotten all of that off the page and in her brain with twin 14-month-old babies at home. Yeah. I don't. I don't know how she's done it. Yeah, it's amazing. And it's so good to know that we get to, Emma and I get to kind of play with her and support her through that sort of journey of the storytelling. 
And I, I, I mean, you know, I don't want to sound like a, a, a mansplainer here, but um, I'm going to fall into that just by virtue of gender. But uh, I feel like this is a performance that, you know, you don't have to be um, a mother to be on the stage performing this stuff and telling mm. the story. This is a, this is a, I mean, it's it's a strong human story, but this is a really strong. Female story, yeah, you know, and there's a, and in the and the fact that you know, yes, a, 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 I guess a guy could have been cast in it to play some of the mm. voices and her husband, but there is such a solidarity about seeing three women on stage yeah. because we sort of the whole time we're sort of, you know, you're not elaborately made up in costumes, no. you're wearing sort of everyday clothes yeah. essentially. So, so it's almost like while it's happening, there is this little peek behind the curtain that we sort of are meeting the three of you as people, yeah. even though you are performers and you are performing. Well, we do we, some of it as ourselves. That's right. And yeah, then, that. you know, there's the massive sort of character, um, mm. like the, the really, like, extreme end of the characters yes. and stuff, yeah, yeah, which yeah. is so much fun to play. Yeah. And then when you come back to those sort of moments of yeah. just talking to the audience and just being yes. being present and connected, yeah. Yeah. And, and it, it reminded me that... You know, and you mentioned it with the pantomime. That another thing I've seen you do a lot, and I know this this happens with actors again. But I've seen you perform a lot where you have had to be more than one character in a yeah. performance, including so this this you know rants in the dark we're talking about. A lot of it is just is just sort of lines and monologues and little yeah. little character sketches. But you were talking before about with the pantomime actually having to go off and do quick changes and then appear yeah. in another, <clears throat> come in through another entrance and yep. yeah, yeah, and you and you seem to have done that quite a lot. I enjoy it. Yeah. I enjoy the challenge. I yeah. mean, I, I mean, the, the different kind of challenges playing mm. like uh, one amazing role and charting their journey through something is yeah. just as challenging as you know coming in and being that um, support for the main cast and changing costumes and making sure that you get out there on time mm. and don't leave them hanging and 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 have that separation of character so clear yeah. that you can um, therefore kind of be a bit um, of a chameleon. Yeah. I like that. Yeah, yeah. And then I'm thinking like um, some of the more straight dramatic roles I've seen you in, there's obviously like, a, you know, and I think this is often the case with live theatre and to me good live theatre is a lot of the sort of quote-unquote dramas are very, very funny. Mm, you know, yeah. and I'm thinking of like the lie and uh, the father and yeah, and, and three days in the country was a lot yeah, funnier than I thought yeah, it was yep, originally yeah. on the on the page. And yeah. then when when all the actors brought their amazing mm. skills to it, I just went, oh, this is actually really funny. Or or weed, which is most definitely a comedy, yeah. but and and that's the flip of that is it's a lot it's more serious. It's yeah. a dark comedy. There's a lot of serious um, political and social commentary going on in yes, there. Yes, so yeah. much of that. Yeah. Um, so I guess what's the what what's the plan from here what you know you say you don't have um you haven't had to work outside of concentrating on this as your work as and that's obviously the aim yeah uh, you know <laughs> always and and yet but the problem is there's no, not that there's, I don't love scrubbing toilets but, no, no, but if, I, if I can the if problem can with this is there's, the problem with this is there's no holiday pay there's no sick leave no. there's no, no and there's no there's no guarantees and I, I I don't know that it's happened any time in recent years but I guess there's still the possibility that a season can get cancelled because the house is so terrible. I, you oh, know. I, I actually had... I, I came down to Wellington to do a job that got cancelled. Right. Um, 
purely because of funding. It was just yeah. a money thing, yeah, and it yeah. was. And um, actually, I was meant to do something up in Auckland at this exact time, like instead of rants. Right. Um, and that didn't get um, creative through, yeah. New Zealand funding yeah. either, which is such an important piece of theatre as well. Um, it's called Little Black Bitch, and I um, I think it's going to have a life It'll next happen. year. Yeah, but yeah. that that was so. That was actually I rang, I messaged Lindy Dane, and I was like. Hey, so you know that piece you asked me to do, um, Rants in the Dark, and I said I was busy? Hey, so I'm not... What if I wasn't? I'm magically not busy anymore. <laughs> Is there any roles available? She was just like, yes, cool, yeah. awesome. Oh, I, was, I was so relieved, and yeah. I'm so glad that I was got, I got to be a part of this. Um, so, so she sort of brought you to Circa, as you say, and... And, and just kept me and here. And kept you here, yeah. Um, and, and amazing pieces, too. Yeah. Amazing pieces. Yeah. But... Um, uh, so the, the, after this, I'm going to go back up to Auckland and I'm um, going to go and start rehearsals for Shortland Street, the musical. Oh, right, yeah. Speaking yes. of musical theatre, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and that's going to be a big a big thing next year. Yes, yeah, because we're touring the country yeah. with that um, from early March to mid-April. Yeah. Um, and I think that's going to be a hoot. Mm, mm. Um, a, a local boy boy, man, Guy Langford kind of came up with this this idea about, I think I think about five or so years ago and he's just been chipping away at it and yeah. making it amazing and Simon Bennett um, who's a wonderful director that I've worked with um, many times yeah. with, with Go Girls and a couple of the other um, TV shows that uh, they both just kind of just and pushed it through. With a long history with Shortland Street. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And so um, they, and it's such a great idea because it's such a nostalgic piece. Well, it's going to capture people. Um, it's going to play to, you know, I think a thing that New Zealanders love where you can go along as an ardent fan. You can you can go along as a borderline cynic and be converted. Yeah. You know, I think we kind of like those experiences. Yeah. Well, I'm actually just going to see this fail. Oh, fuck, it was really good. You know, <laughs> I think that's quite a common... Um, Through gritted teeth. Yeah, yeah, I really yeah. enjoyed that, actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, the, so the work continues and... Um, and yeah, what else after that? Just whatever. Well, then we come back down here oh, to, do to do the Rants in the yeah, Dark yeah, yeah. proper season. Yep. So, yeah, so Shorten Street Musical is the summer show, yes. the end of year show for yep. in conjunction with um, Auckland Theatre Company. Yeah. And then, yeah, and then start of the year we'll re-rehearse Rants in the Dark and do the four-week season here at Circa, yeah. mid-Jan to mid-Feb. And then basically back up to Auckland to re-rehearse in for the tour. So end of Feb we start mm. rehearsals, re-rehearsing for the Shortland Street tour and then we go on the road. You obviously have, like, you know, you just said, you obviously have a re-rehearsal period for something like that, but how much of, like a show like the Rants in the Dark, it's line-heavy for all of you. you know, here I was just <laughs> saying it's a two-hour monologue for one person and you're a backing singer. You, you, that's also not true. You, it's line-heavy for you yeah. and you've got about 37 characters you're playing. <laughs> so uh, woefully underselling it. Uh, um, Comes to your It's great. Woefully undervaluing your, your contribution to it there. Um, how much of that sticks in your brain or do you have a process where you let that go and relearn it? I think what I will do with this, because this is actually, this is new territory for me yeah. actually, yeah, both, right. both of these things, um, with the Shorten Street one and taking the break yeah, and yeah. coming back months later to it. Yeah. And the same thing with this essentially. I'll be putting another show in my brain in mm, between now and then. Mm. 
I think I'm going to just um, re. I'm going to keep coming back to the script for rants and just rereading it, yeah. sort of once a week. Take because I, I tend to take my scripts to the gym with me, yeah. and on in the morning on the elliptical trainer, I just put the put it there and read through, yeah. so that it starts getting into my body as well as my yeah. brain. Yeah. Um, and I think I'll probably just take it a couple of mornings a week and just, just you know read it while I'm busy doing something else. Keep in touch with an old friend. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Because yeah. because I, I I'm getting old now. I run the risk <laughs> of it just falling out and staying out. <laughs> Uh, how, how involved have you been in the sort of writing of theatre? And is that, or, you know, like, because I know, I mean, actors are always involved in devised theatre one, mm. one way or another, and, and things like pantomimes where you're, as I say, there's an improvisational component. Yeah, yeah. Is, is writing for theatre and directing and those sorts of things uh, something that you're looking to move into more at some point? Is that a goal, an idea? Yeah, it will be. Um, yeah. I think at this stage I'm still I'm still trying to glean as much as I can from the performance side of things yeah. to really know. And I think I do have I do have stories I want to tell. I'm just not sure how I want to tell them yet. And doing shows like Rants in the Dark really kind of opens up a whole other avenue mm. of, of, of devices and... Um, ways in which you can tell a story it doesn't just have to be yeah you know in a, in a play format necessarily which is why you can't you know you were saying before you wouldn't call it a play it's a yeah. show um but I'd, I'd love i'd love to do some directing and i would I, me and my friend have been writing sort of bits and pieces of things to put yeah. together yeah so yeah and i guess you've already got the mentor there and lindy jane yeah a role God, model yes. you know like God. a, a, an exact a, a, a uh, a, a, an oracle, you know, yeah. a, a, with with the practical experience of having oh, done and, all of that. Yeah, her and Bevan are just yeah. the most amazing dream team, hashtag yeah. relationship goals, cool people. Yeah, I've, I've ever had the, you know, the pleasure of working with on so many different things. You know, they they just they know exactly what they want to say and how they want to say it, and mm. they have such clear visions for things, and it's really really inspiring. Yeah, yeah. and do you get sick of? I mean, you're not going to have a choice because you just told me what you're doing in the first half of next year, but do you get sick of living out of a suitcase? And yes. <laughs> yes, yes, So that's, yes. that's just yes. one of those, uh, that's just one of those, fuck Necessary it. Necessary evils. Yeah, yep. fuck it, this is the path I've chosen, so that's one of the slight downsides, and I'll just yeah. be as positive as I can about it. Totally. And, it's you know, it, it, does get, it does get very, very old, very, very quick, and I've been doing it for the last... Two and a half years. Yeah. Um, and and before that, I was doing tours around the country with um, with other with other companies and things like that. So you do you you get better at it, but it doesn't necessarily get make it easier. Yeah, it doesn't yeah. make it easier. Um, yeah, you become more efficient and more and more resilient around it. And right. you tend to because I I'm always quite a particular person, I guess. Um, I'm. So very, I have very Virgo tendencies and my sort of OCD nature about some things and, and you do have set routines and you have your things and you have your place and the stuff around you that makes you feel safe. <laughs> and then all of a and sudden you last, don't for ages. Yeah, and <laughs> yeah. I've been, because you know, every yeah. time I've come down here I've stayed in a different place yeah, and yeah, people yeah. have been so generous with um, having me to stay and, and so you kind of just go, okay, well this is my new home now for the next two months or whatever mm, mm. and then or maybe halfway through that stay you have to go and move somewhere else or stay to house sit or I've been cat auntie for I think about seven cats now over the last two years just in, in houses that I've yeah. been staying in. Yeah. So I've I've had um, lots of adopted pets as well. But you just I, yeah, you get you get efficient but you it doesn't necessarily make it make it easier. Yeah. And I, I mean I yeah, I would like to 
be settled more in Auckland and, and do stuff? Um... Well, I was just going to ask, has it, ever, <coughs> has it ever crossed your mind in the last couple of years to actually move here, or Auckland is it? Well, I, I have so many things that I love up in Auckland, um, mm. and I have so many things that I love in Wellington. So I, I guess I just consider them, like, the, again, necessary these evil. Are my homes. I live yeah, in these yeah, two yeah. places, yeah, yeah. and yeah. I will go where the work is, yeah. and I will be really stoked because of it. You know? yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, there's too many things that I, too many people and things and yeah. places that I am far too like unhealthily attached to. Well, <laughs> probably, and, and I would think, broadly speaking, more opportunities, like long run wise, in, in, yeah. in, in the industry that you're in. Well, yeah, I mean, like, I haven't. I guess I've kind of disappeared out of that sector of the industry for the last few years. Yeah. Um, being so um, wonderfully gainfully employed down here with all of these lovely people, um, so I guess um, the Shorten Street. Uh, Bit of a reentry. Yeah, be a reentry back into the Auckland scene yeah. again, I guess, because yeah. I do. I feel like a lot of it's probably changed, and I've got no idea. And there'll be a bunch of amazing new people out from drama schools and stuff that are now kind of, you know, charging around. I'll be like, oh, I don't know any of these well, people anymore. Can you go and watch a show and it's not homework? Can yeah. you go oh, and yeah, no, you, I love going to see shows. Go and just see it and just be an audience member. You're not picking it apart. No. Suggesting, you know, thinking to yourself how you would have done it. You, no, anything no, because like I, I tend to, I tend to basically sit there and go. How they did that! Oh, that's so cool! Oh man, that yeah. was a cool thing! Oh, I wish I had so thought of that. Yeah, so it's research on one level. Yeah, but that's not why you you are going as just a person who wants to have the experience. But yeah. you might. Well, yeah, I, might, like I said, yeah. I, as much as I want people who come to see theatre to leave moved mm. and changed, I want to go and do the same thing. Yeah, I want to go to a piece of theatre and go away. And even if I am trying to still unpack it or figure it out, or if if something gave me a really bad reaction in it, in terms of I I didn't didn't like a certain part of it. I want to know why. I don't want to just go, ah, oh, I didn't like it because I didn't like it. I want to go, hang on, what did it incite in me? Yeah. And is that to do with a performance thing or is that to do with my own taste about stuff or is that actually an issue that I have that I didn't even know was there? Mm-hmm. And, yeah, it's, it's cool to be able to do that because what other industries kind of give you the opportunity to crawl up inside your own arsehole and have a party? <laughs> You know, <laughs> it's like, um, oh, it's all about me. <laughs> um, we've we've had a pretty good chat. Is that I, I need you to I need to um, be responsible and let you rest your voice, really. But is there anything that you wanted to mention or bring up, or hope that I'd asked you before we wrap it up? Oh, I don't know. Nah, I, I've this is this has been awesome. Cool. Um, I just. I don't, I don't know if it came across, but I just really want everyone to know how much I love um, acting, and and this is this is my life, and I love it. <laughs> no, that came across. That, that, that came across perfect. wasn't wasn't too he- yeah. it wasn't too heavy handed. No, like no, no. you know, just it was a really subtle I like undertone it, of the whole. I think it was a really good rehearsal. Now, if we can just run it from the top. <laughs> and again, sorry, no, I wasn't recording. So yeah, I'll just check. I'll just check. I'll just check the batteries.